up. 20 yards out. That is a jewel from Tim Cahill. has done it again. What a goal by Tim Cahill. Thompson. Five goes to Archie. On Halftime, the world game with Carlos Alberto Diego from Fortiegos.com. For auction your car, car auction this Saturday. He's going to have to satisfy us from afar this afternoon. Not in the studio, the great man. I don't know where the world takes him. The winds take him somewhere every off, every so often on Halftime. He's out and about this afternoon. Carlos, g'day. How are you there, Half? How are you going? Going well, thank you. Where have the winds taken you, Carlos? Uh, well, I'm expanding, uh, as you know, the Four Diego's Industries, yes. and we've been all around the world. We've been to Corfu and spoken to you. We've been to, you know, Asia, right throughout Asia. Uh, today, we're taking it to far, far, far uh, East Australia in the, the Gold Coast, and, um, and you know, it is work. Uh, we are expanding the industry, but uh, I'm enjoying a little bit of the sunshine as I'm over here anyway. You're not trying to say this is work. You're not trying to just for a tax dollars, just in case the tax office are listening. You're not just trying to claim uh, the expenses here, Carlos, are you? Me and the ATO are good friends, Carl. <laughs> we, uh, we abide by all the rules and regulations. No, this is Spanikin work, and I would have loved to have seen a game of football here if it wasn't for Clive Palmer burning and scorching the uh, the football landscape here in, in the Gold Coast. Uh, but, uh, but there are a lot of kids playing the game over here anyway. They just don't have an A-League club anymore. Well, that's all right. They've got the Brisbane Roar. That's okay. They can go and see them just down the road or up the road, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. They, they all love the Brisbane Roar, and it's not too far away from where we are right here. So, uh, and, they, and they do win for fun, as you know, with Brisbane Roar. But, uh, you know, they haven't started off all that well this season, but they do win tra- trophies for fun. So, yeah, they're, they're a good substitute, that's for sure. Well, uh, Fort Diego's, are they back tonight, the boys? Are you going to be on? Yeah, yeah, no, certainly I'll be on the uh, on the phone to the boys. Uh, they'll be running their own, you know, their own show uh, while I'm away. But uh, but certainly, no, we're all discussed. There's too much to talk about, as you said in your intro half. It's just uh, we're awash with world football, and uh, we go all around the world uh, uh, talking about it these days. Well, the Champions League results overnight were extraordinary. We'll get to them later on, Carlos. But the big news of the day, from the Hyundai A-League point of view anyway, is that David Villa is going to be called in after Game 4 to spend some time with man, uh, sorry, New York City uh, and uh, take him away from his guest spot. They're not sure when he's going to come back, Carlos. How big a blow is that? Oh, look, I think, uh, I think it's a huge blow for the club. I think, uh, you know, with more games, he's just going to be a bigger star than what he is already. Uh, he obviously scored the two goals in the two games to get them the, the, the draws in each uh, respective game. And if it really wasn't for him, it didn't seem like they were going to score a lot of goals in both games. So uh, that's going to be a big blow to the team because uh, the longer he stays, the better he'll get and the more used to the uh, to his way of playing the rest of the team will be. Uh, but really, we've, we've really got to mature as, uh, as football fans and as a football um, uh, uh, community, if you like, uh, that he yeah, was always a lone player, you know, and, and lone players can get called back any time. And uh, I know that maybe expectations are high that we were going to get him for the whole 10 games, so maybe that could have been made a little bit more clearer that that, uh, that wasn't necessarily the case. And I believe when he did arrive, uh, when he was introduced uh, to the media, it was made pretty clear that it wasn't necessarily going to be for the 10-game stint. That's where I, I sort of started feeling that 
things uh, could uh, be cut short. Uh, but we saw Brad Smith, uh, the young Australian player who was loaned out by Liverpool to Swindon Town for the start of this year, suddenly called back by Brendan Rodgers to Liverpool. This happens all over the world. It's disappointing, yes. Uh, but, geez, already what we've seen in, in, in the derby this week, uh, what he may produce in that game, and I think his last game before he, he shoots off to New York is uh, October the 31st against Adelaide. I mean, two really important games. And if we get four great performances, or at least four games where he scores in each game, I think uh, that's something to really uh, remember him fondly by. Oh, there'd be no doubt about that if that was to happen. And, of course, the, the derby this week is going to be the next one he's got to focus on, clearly. Um, not too worried about Adelaide. I wouldn't have thought at this stage. Love to hear from City fans uh, how, it, how big a blow it is or what you, what you make of this, this decision and whether or not Melbourne City can, can find a way without him. We've seen Carlos in the first two games that without this uh, global superstar that they would have found themselves on the negative end of the point system because uh, he's found a way to score when not many others may have. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, the question is, are they a better side than uh, the Hart version of the club uh, last season? And I think there's, a, there's much more of a, of a resilience to their play. I think they're much more authority in possession. Uh, they do look like a, a, a team that can actually, um, you know, overrun sides, but they just don't work the keeper enough. Uh, that's, that was a disappointing part on the weekend. Even David Villar himself, he missed the target a couple of times uh, with some shots that he probably would have hit. Uh, if he was uh, more match fit and he was playing in Spain, for example, or for his national team, he missed a couple of uh, you know shots. He, I would have expected at least for him to hit, hit the target, but we just didn't. Uh, Melbourne City just didn't uh, test the keeper enough. Birrigidi on the weekend in the first game against Sydney, I felt that they didn't trouble the keeper enough there too. So I think their their, their play is much better. I think they're, as I said, more dominant in their displays in their possession. Uh, it's quite clear that uh, they've got good enough players to keep the ball and that they don't fall apart necessarily when they concede like they used to. But really, the worry here is that they don't, uh, you know, they really don't pepper the goals enough. And if you don't do that, there's no chance of really overrunning sides. And Newcastle were always in the game on the weekend because of that reason. What about the play from, from Jovan Skip? Um, how does he play this next couple of weeks, Carlos? Uh, he's got one of the world's best players at his disposal for two more matches. Does he, does he milk that to within an inch of its life and really get uh, every minute he can possibly out of David? Or knowing that he's going, do you have to start to integrate somebody else into that role? And the other part of the question, I suppose, is who would that be? Well, yeah, really great question there, Harper. I honestly think that... Uh, and my concern is, as you know, when we spoke before he, he turned up a couple of weeks ago, that he wasn't going to have enough time with the team. And, and my view was, I don't care how good you are, if you don't have enough time for the team, uh, to, to spend with the team, there's, there's no way they're going to play to your strengths because it's going to take time for them to, to learn how you play, what your runs are make and, and how to service you. But he's shown already that he can score goals out of nothing. And because of that reason, it's all about getting the points right now. I think the club, there's a, there's a bit of a double-prong approach off the ground for the club at the moment. You need to win games to keep that fifteen or 16,000 people that, were, that turned up to the game on the weekend still turning up. Yeah. I think that's really, really important. And if V is going to do that for you, uh, and he has already the two games, I think you keep on milking that as far as you can. Uh, but, you know, the bigger issue for me is the, the news today that uh, Robin, Robert Corrin, uh, the Slovenian international captain who joined the club and trained so well during pre-season, he's an attacking midfielder that scores goals, a, a, a really terrific professional. Well, he's out until December. It's a, it's a little bit of a Lando Engelar type situation yeah. from last year. That's a huge blow, and I think that is an issue that uh, John Van Skipper would be more disappointed about right now than, uh, than maybe with, with the, 
with the confirmation that VU will be going in a couple of weeks because Corrin was going to be here for the whole season, and he is, but he won't be available till December, and that, for me, is a bigger blow. Well, he's a, he was a big signing, as we all know, and, and Damien Duff, of course, as well, who's come in and had an mm. impact too, which is terrific. But, but VU was the one they sold the, message, sold the message of hope on, didn't they? Even though it was only ever going to be for a maximum of the 10 games, yep. that, that was the one they really leveraged to, to sell their club and to sell the hope. Do you think there'd be a, a, a portion of the fan base, Carlos, that is really bought into the, the club emotionally or uh, supported the club, bought a membership for the club on the back of a 10-game stint from David that would be a little bit um, annoyed at this situation? Well, yeah, there, there probably would be a segment of the, of the new fan group or the people who've, who've joined this year that would have uh, done that and would have said, "Oh, you know, I'll buy a membership. I'll, I'll see David Villa play for ten games, and uh, and that would have been enough justification to go and uh, get that membership." And they would be disappointed, as are those people who who uh, didn't do that necessarily. I mean, seeing a, a great player in action is just going to get better with more games with the same players. Uh, that's going to be a real disappointment. But we've just got to... I suppose the club, what they could have done was made it a little bit clearer. Uh, these loan situations aren't always, uh, you know, what... What's been, you know, what's been touted as far as the number of games players play, uh, you know, the, the, the club that owns players can call them back any time during a loan period. And, and maybe, maybe Melbourne City didn't know about that either. It sounds like they've been almost told that this was going to happen. And, uh, and of course their, their owners aren't Australian owners anymore. They're, it's Manchester City, uh, and, and, uh, and their group in Abu Dhabi. So, uh, at the moment, you know, uh, you know, it, it's at the benefit. It, it's it's at the behest of that of the owners and also what New York FC wants because they own the player. So uh, it, it's really disappointing. And I'm, you know, I can understand some fans out there might be thinking, well, you know, I've been dudded here because I've bought my membership on the back of this. But he was ever only going to play for ten games. He could have been injured at any time. Um, he could have been sent off at any time and missed games. So you know, these things happen in football. And I think we've just got to grow up. I think. If you, if you look at the Melbourne City team, though, I think the way they're playing football is a lot better. I think it's, like I said, more authoritative the way they go about it. Uh, but they just need to show that they can score goals. If they can do that, I, I think uh, David Villa would be not soon forgotten, but he won't be missed as much as what people might think. Sounds like a pretty simple uh, equation there for Melbourne City, doesn't it? A pretty yeah. simple philosophy for most uh, soccer teams. You've just got to score goals. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is the thing, even when they were, even in the old, uh, incarnation when, you know, when we had Melbourne Hart running around and, and they were battering teams, and, uh, which didn't happen a lot, but when they did, uh, especially at home, they couldn't score goals to save their life. And, and this is uh, something that was hugely um, you know, frustrating for fans and you know, the players and the coaches at the time. And you don't want to go through another stage like that. On the weekend when they were playing Jets, uh, they had all the ball. They were, you know, sort of uh, a lot of half chances here and there, and all the social media were saying, "Well, this is just another version of Melbourne Heart." And if, if that's the reputation the club's going to get because they're not uh, testing the opposition goalkeeper enough, well, that's something that it, it's going to be a bit of a worry for them because they've rebranded and people are expecting something different. Wouldn't mind hearing from some Melbourne City fans about how big an impact this will have, uh, this whole David Villa situation and what it means going forward for your club. Get your reaction to that, 9.49, Carlos, we'll get to a break. Uh, 20 past one on halftime. Carlos is with us, uh, just gallivanting across the country, spreading the message of love for the world game and, of course, for halftime as well. They're all tuning in via the online stream at SEN.com.au. He'll be back to talk more world game after this. Stick around.
23 past one, Carlos Alberto Diego on the Gold Coast spreading the message of love for the world game and, and half time, but he's with us until two o'clock where the news will take over the news fix. And after three, Jonathan Howcroft, who'll be a part of the SEN call team for the big derby on Saturday night at Etihad Stadium between the victory and City. It's going to be great. Carlos, joining Glenn Huntley has got on the open line, 949-1116. He wants to have a chat to you. G'day, John. Yeah, g'day, boys. Um, Calling before, I'm not a Melbourne Victory member, but I'm a fan, and um, I've got an opinion about um, David. Um, I'm sort of glad he left, really, because uh, it just shows up that they're they're trying to buy their way into a better side. When they changed their name, I called in and said, you know, it's just to change the name. I I originally changed my name to John Holmes, but it it didn't help me any, so... (laughs) They're in the same boat they were last year, pretty much. Are you suggesting, John, that had David Villa been available for the Melbourne victory, that they wouldn't have jumped at that opportunity? No, nah, not at all. We would have got we got a musket boots back on before we got him. What? That is the biggest load of garbage I think I've ever heard in my life. They're taking the piss, aren't they? <laughs> Carlos, please straighten this man out. Yeah, look, I, you know, I just think uh, victory fans have got every right to uh, you know to maybe sit back and have a bit of a chuckle about the situation if that if they don't get the ten games out of him. By the way, it's not it's not confirmed that he won't play ten games. It's just that he's going to be going back after four, and we don't know, uh, he's it, back. It, we don't know exactly when he's coming back. And uh, of course, Melbourne City will want him back for that ten games. Now you, you've got to also realise that they, I think, uh, the MLS start their preseason or New York FC start their preseason in uh, in late January, so he'll need a break of some sort between the A League season or the stint in the A League and also what he's been doing over there in uh, New York. And the whole purpose of the A League. Uh, 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 sort of experience for him was because there was too much of a gap between the World Cup and also when they start pre-season, almost six months. So there's no, there's, it's not not really confirmed that he won't be coming back. And uh, and the talk is he may miss those games. I think one uh, includes a game a travel uh, traveling to New Zealand. Uh, but uh, apparently there's another derby, um, and I don't have that six years in front of me, but in December when he could be back for that one. So if he does his 10-game stint and he doesn't uh, lose too much with the travel and the fact he's got to go and do his media and marking over there in New York, it, it maybe won't be a bad outcome. But, uh, yeah, I think... You know, Melbourne Victory fans can be smug right now on the on the on the chance he'll only play four games and that's it. But it could be smug also him being their best striker and leaving after ten games and suddenly they have no one either. So Victory, I think Victory fans have got every right to be smug either way, uh, and uh, and that's what the rivalry is all about. Are you suggesting as well, like John, that Carlos, uh, you would have if you're the Melbourne Victory, you wouldn't have taken David Villa with a ten game um, limit? Well, it's interesting because he's one guy that's surprised me in that he can come in and without knowing the players so much, he could uh, score goals out of nothing. And that's real class, half, you know, where you're not really reliant on people around you. And he's been able to score two goals just from pure instinct and uh, just uh, supreme ability. Uh, So in that situation, he's shown us what a really great guest player would do for you. You you don't need to have him there a lot of the time. But we did have Muskie in the studio a couple of weeks ago, as you remember, and he said that he was against... uh, He intimated to us that he was against a guest player type stint. But if a David Villa, you know, you're dropping in your lap, uh, you know, fresh from a World Cup, uh, you know, all-time goal scorer... In the, in the, with the Spanish national team. I mean, all the different credentials, plus the fact that he's still a really, really good player. Uh, I, I think that would test uh, Muskie's uh, uh, philosophy about 
guest players, that's for sure. I think there might be uh, some feedback from head office uh, from the big man, <laughs> Anthony DiPietro, the chairman of the Victory, saying, uh, Kevin, shut up, he's playing. <laughs> yeah, well, look, and it's great to know that someone of his class can drop into an A-League club you know, for, for four to ten games and still make a real difference. And, uh, and we've seen that already. I mean, the, the goal he took on the weekend, that was just something out of nothing half. It was just complete instinct and class. The way he lashed it in there, uh, that's something for us all to marvel about. And it wasn't about the build-up. In fact, it was ricocheting between a couple of players first and somehow he got a shot away and no keeper in the world would have saved that because it was just lashed out of nothing. And the, and the first goal, the, game, the goal he scored against Sydney uh, from the cutback of Damien Duff, the way he finished that, I mean, again, just pure class. And, uh, and you just know if you're going to go after those guest-type players, that's the calibre you've got to go after. Well, that's the, the City of Newcastle point of view from the weekend. What about the victories game against Adelaide on Friday night? Uh, interesting game, a lot of concerns about the, the surface and the way that was prepared for the game. Carlos, what was your take? Oh, look, I, you know, people talked about how ugly it was, uh, you know, how it was just a battle through the whole time. And some non-football people would say, oh, it was a bit boring maybe because there wasn't a lot of goals and there was just a, there was no pretty football or anything like that. But it just showed me both these sides have improved out of sight. Last year, Adelaide United would have just gone at victory, uh, you know, holes at the back and conceded, even though, and just tried to play pretty football the whole time. Victory again would have shown a little bit of a soft underbelly through the middle and, but they were just two or two, Really, really committed teams who show again some more, a, 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 an awful lot more resi- resilience than what they showed last season. And I think it talks, it, 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 it tells you a lot about not having too many kids in your team. I mean, Melbourne Victory now have a lot of experience in that team of the right age. And uh, even uh, Ben Kalfala uh, coming on and scoring that goal. Uh, you know, once when they were looking down the barrel, one nil in the 89th minute, and uh, and he came on and scored that goal. It was it was terrific. And I just think these sides are super professional now. They do what they need to do at the moment in a game, and I think that shows that they've improved both these sides from last year. What does that mean for this weekend's derby, Carlos? A huge build-up, of course. We had the West Sydney derby, which we'll talk about after the break um, at V Sydney. Uh, we'll talk about that game after the break. But this game on Etihad Stadium, the, the seats come in for the rectangular stadium look. Uh, what does it make for, the, for this game Saturday night with the way they're playing these teams? Uh, look, I, I think it's more of the sort of game that we saw with Adelaide and Melbourne victory. Uh, and even, you know, you saw the West Sydney and Sydney game. I mean, it won't be pretty football, uh, it'll be a moment of brilliance here and there. It's, it's your star players who are going to stand up, your experienced star players. Uh, this is where someone like a Villa might, uh, might, you know, pop up and score that goal. It's important. But these sides will not give anything away. Uh, and, uh, we saw it in the Sydney Derby. There's genuine bitterness and, and hate there. Uh, I'm not quite sure whether there's hate yet in the Melbourne Derby, but, uh, there's certainly a lot of, Competitiveness and and combativeness and and uh, and it may spill over to a bit of bitterness and hate too uh, by the end of it all. But uh, I just see with the t- caliber of players both Victory and City have in their squads now that this is going to be just a do or die uh, tough encounter and it's just no place for the weak and, and soft. That's for sure. And it's going to be a terrific game. And we are looking forward to that. Of course, we'll be covering that action on Saturday night to Melbourne Victory taking on Melbourne City at Etihad Stadium. Ed White. Dave Clarkson and Jonathan Howcroft will join us after 3 o'clock, part of the call team for that. All the home games for the Melbourne teams this year, be they victory or city covered on Melbourne's home of sport. What else would you expect throughout the summer on SEN? We'll take a break, Carlos. Plenty more to talk about. I want to talk about the FFA Cup, the standard of refereeing we're encountering at the moment. The West Sydney Derby 
sorry, West Sydney Sydney derby on the weekend, of course. And Champions League from overnight, there's some unbelievable results. We'll go through all of them with Carlos after this. 23-2 on halftime, Carlos Alberto Diego is with us talking the world game. He's up there in the Gold Coast, but he's on the blower, doing a hell of a job too. Don't forget the boys tonight. For Diego's 11 till 12, Wednesday nights on Melbourne's Home of Sport. Of course, you can check out all the action on the website, fordiegos.com, and uh, at Fordiegos on Twitter for all the latest news. Carlos, I want to talk to you about the FFA Cup. Last night, we saw uh, Adelaide defeat Sydney at 3-1 in extra time. Pretty controversial type scenario up there, too. Uh, let's have a listen to Graham Arnold firstly, because there was a, an incident with um, when Pekovic was sent off by the referee. Graham Arnold and then Mark Bosnich will hear from them on the call, the red card, and their thoughts on it. Wouldn't have got the extra time. We would have beaten them in 90 minutes. feel sorry for the fans that came out tonight. feel sorry for all the viewers that had to watch it on TV. And I, most of all, I feel sorry for the players. It would have to be the first time I've seen a red card given after being played on. They played on, got across him, and then went back to halfway and gave a red card. It's, they chased each other. They both of them got up and chased the ball. Amazing. That was uh, Graham Arnold last night, Carlos. Mark Bosnich, uh, who's one of our good friends here at 1116 SEM, was on the Fox Sports coverage of the game last night. And this, is, this was his take. He had the ridiculous situation of Ben Williams giving a red card to Nikola Pekovic, which everybody and their dog and millions on social media all thought the same thing. That was one of the most ridiculous red cards that I've seen in a very, very long time. It shouldn't be up to Sydney to appeal. It should be up to the, to the FFA to turn around to Sydney and saying, sorry, everyone makes a mistake. We made a mistake. Red card rescinded completely. Nikolai Pekovic should be able to play in Brisbane. Another thing as well that they should be thinking of is perhaps in future, because we've had a few controversial incidents recently, that referees, they might start thinking about allowing them to speak to the press afterwards to explain their side of the story, because for the life of me, I don't understand why he gave that guy a red card. Another thing, they always should be accountable. Uh, and I know there's, there's provisions for, for that anyway. If you make a big error, an error like that, unless you've got a, a really sufficient reason, then I'm sorry, then you lose your place just like a player would or just like a manager would lose his job if that continually happens. So that was Bozza last night on the coverage, Carlos. Just going back to Graham Arnold for a second, saying that it wouldn't have got to extra time. We would have run over the top of them in the last couple of minutes of the game. They had all the momentum. The red cards, obviously, and we know this, can be have a dramatic influence on the game. But if you're getting them wrong for outrageous decisions, surely, surely Ben Williams has to get uh, the call into the referee's official's office, whatever it is, today from the A-League. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but it's going back to Graham Arnold's uh, prediction that they would have gone on and won that game in 90 minutes. Well, I mean, that's just speculation, and you can say that. Cause well, it is, it but, can never be, but it gets to the point where, where the, yeah. the incident surely wasn't red card worthy. Yeah, but, but still, I mean, you know, 10 versus 11 in football is not such a huge... Um, uh, disadvantage these days, depending on how you're set up and, and where you've got your numbers on the pitch and stuff like that. Now, of course, you know, I think part of the issue with going down to 10 men, they've got a game on Friday night against Brisbane. And suddenly, you know, this whole idea of having to slog through an extra time period and possibly penalties with some players that are going to be playing on Friday night, given it's a Tuesday night, that may have been something that ran through his, his uh, mind. But certainly, you know, I concur wholeheartedly with his view on the actual incident and Boz's view also. Uh, it was a disgraceful decision. I mean, it was just never a red card. Uh, and the guy, I believe, you'll have a close look, hardly made contact. He lifted his foot, you know, high, uh, but he hardly made contact. And they were right. Both players did get up and start running because it was during, uh, I mean, the game didn't, the play didn't stop uh, on contact. So, 
But it's not the only time. I mean, half, every we've seen this year already. Every team is going to be competitive. Every team has good players in it. Every team is better, uh, is much better in a cohesive sense. They're better coached. Uh, everyone is now super, super competitive, and they're going to go out to win every week. And when you get a, a ridiculous decision like last night, and even on the weekend when uh, I think Sasha Obanowski scored in the derby, uh, when uh, Bernie Beanie was clearly offside and even admitted to it on uh, Fox Sports uh, after the game, uh, you know, we've got to do something about the refereeing standards. Now, we don't want to be hammering referees because we want young kids to come through if, they can't, if they're not good enough to play, that they can go on and be referees and so forth. But, you know, uh, some of the, some of the um, decisions that are made and the, the lack of thought behind them or the instinct, is, their, their first instinct is the wrong instinct because that's what they're told to do is referee on instinct. Uh, that's a real worry for the game. And we've already had a number of instances already in the first couple of rounds. And the football's never been better. More people are coming to the game. There's more hanging on every point because of the tightness of the competition. We just can't have referees just making mistakes and uh, even later on admitting, yeah, I made a mistake. It just does cost teams, cost jobs. And uh, and it just really gets fans offside. I don't mind if they come out and admit they made a mistake. I think we're all entitled to make mistakes every now and then. My concern about um, the red card situation, Carlos, and it's been not only this uh, occasion but many through the last couple of years, is it seems to be stri- it's, it's a one-man show. There's no consultation with the, the touch judges or anything that or yeah. anyone upstairs saying um, oh, the, the the referee at the time, the officiating referee saying, right, I might just have a look at that again even though it would be a pause in the game, or I want to talk to the touch judge to see what he saw. Why don't they do that rather than sometimes being obscured but uh, getting straight for the red card too early? Yeah, look, the game's still in that, in that uh, you know, keeping with tradition. Uh, you know, referees' errors are just part of the game, uh, part of the whole package if you're going to be part of it. I think, you know... Australia should actually take a lead here. You know, I, I like the idea, that, I'm not sure whether it was Bozza or, or Arnie saying that, uh, you know, referees should be allowed to have press conferences uh, after games and explain their decisions and, uh, and, and be held accountable in that way or at least explain to the uneducated if they've made the right decision about what they've done and why they've done it. So I think most people would be, you know, reasonable enough to be able to have a listen to them and just weigh up what they say. But... Uh, I'd love to hear Ben Williams' Williams, um, uh, you know, justification of the decision last night. It was just horrific. It was awful, and it was almost laughable. Some of the players were laughing, uh, you know, at the fact that you know Petkovic had to be sent off for that for what happened last night. You touched on another point there about the FFA Cup and the impact it could have on the the early season of the Hyundai A League for the A League teams. That uh, they, along with Champions League, if they've qualified for that, it could be quite a taxing time for a couple of these teams. And do you think that was uh, one of the, the things that was going through the head of of uh, Graham Arnold last night, considering they got a game on the A League on Friday night? Oh, for sure. He made seven changes from the weekend uh, from the weekend's game, but you still have three or four really important players who will play on Friday night. So. You know, just because you've uh, saved seven players, it doesn't mean, you know, you're going to have a, a fit and healthy team going into Friday against Brisbane Roar, who haven't won yet, so they're going to they're go really hard at you anyway. I think, Graham, this is his balancing act. It's respecting this FFA Cup, which everyone wants to do. Everyone wants to have, you know, make this a really special competition. But then you get a situation uh, where two A-League sides meet uh, midweek and they get 3,500 people at Allianz uh, Stadium. So... We don't want it to get to that, where suddenly it becomes not important. Uh, but if you're going to start getting players sent off, uh, and I'm not sure, I, I believe that uh, the red card might 
be uh, something that does flow onto the league, given that Sasha Olganowski couldn't play last night because of the, yeah, that's right. of the suspension he got on the weekend. Usually, usually the red and yellow cards stay within the competition you're playing in. So if you get a red card in the cup, you miss the next cup game. But I'm not sure, from everything I've read, is that Sasha Olganowski couldn't play last night because of the suspension, the one-game suspension he got as a result of slapping Saba on the weekend in the back of the head. So, um, so it must be a crossover of some sort. So... You know, if you're going to start losing players uh, through stupid refereeing decisions or through injury, A-League clubs in time won't respect the competition, and that's when it goes downhill. That's a concern for the game. We've got to get that right. Uh, as you say, we're not trying to bash the referees, but we've just got to get better levels of communication, better standards. I'm not sure what the development pathway is like, but I don't know why you wouldn't go upstairs and say, what do you reckon about that? Or go to the touch judge and say, what do you reckon about that if there's a, a possible red card offence? Because it's a dramatic impact to the game and to the player, clearly, and uh, even with suspension hanging over their head. So that's my take on that, Carlos. We'll get to a break, 14-2. to two. Plenty more to talk about. After the break, uh, including the Champions League results from overnight, which are just astronomical. Some of the numbers that have been put up by some of the best in the business. Carlos Alberto Diego is with us talking the world game on halftime. Two o'clock will mean the news fix coming your way, all the latest in the world of sport. And after that, Jonathan Howcroft will be a part of the team. He's our hump day hero. He's also our dual international. Looking forward to catching up with him after 3 o'clock for a chat. An hour chat on the world of sport. But, Carlos, speaking of the world of sport, uh, the elite teams in the world of football uh, play in the Champions League. And some of the results overnight, I could not believe. What the hell is happening? Yeah, the Civ defence formations really uh, <laughs> is really taking uh, hold over there in Europe, I've got to say. I mean, when does an Italian side concede seven at home? Uh, it doesn't matter what level. We're talking about not just a, not a pub league Italian side. So we're talking about AS Roma, who's doing quite well in the City R at the moment. And uh, they copped seven at home. It was 5-0 at half time. And the funniest quote out of all this, and I'm not sure it was meant to be funny, but Thomas Muller came out after the game and said, you know, we're in the change room at 5-0. And, you know, we felt it was a really weird feeling. And it's only a couple of months before that they did the same thing to Brazil, the Germans. So... Uh, yeah, 7-1, uh, it was one of those, look, the, the Germans are doing it more often than not, so you, you, you might, you know, some people might sort of explain it away and say it's just one of those things, but the Germans are doing it, like, in, in, in uh, away from home, and they're doing it with real aplomb, and uh, Ian Robin just had a blinding first half, and, uh, and the, again, he was just a star of the game, and, uh, and again, just one of those things for the Italian supporters of Roma out there, they just... Probably will never see Roma concede that many goals again at home and uh, and in that fashion. That's for sure. Seven one extraordinary performance by Bayern Munich. But uh, I think it was the first goal somebody scored against Bayern Munich in eight hundred and thirteen minutes. So uh, <laughs> the keeper will be filthy about that too. Just quietly. He's... Yeah, apparently they're doing a set of four hundreds as we speak. You know, because uh, the coach is not happy. You know, with what they've done. But it, they're just a brilliant side, and they'll go. This Bayern Munich side's been uh, really, really one of the best two of not the best team in the world for the last three or four years. And it's amazing. Uh, they don't seem to get as much kudos as, uh, as any teams in Spain or, uh, or England, for example, who, who might achieve anything near that. But, you know, this Bayern Munich we remembered as one of the great, great teams of all time. Uh, great effort by them. Shakhtar, 7-0 over... Is it BAT or B-A-T-E? What's that stand for? Never heard yeah, of it. Yeah, I remember the, uh, the team that's named after a bloke, Bate Borisov. Oh, uh, that's, uh, Yeah, that, that's... Uh, they beat... Uh, 7-0 again, away from home, Shakhtar Donetsk. So, uh, yeah, Bate 
Uh, well, you know, obviously uh, they weren't in that game very much at all. Uh, and again, seven. Uh, you know, I think it's it's become a, a, not only a, a night of football, uh, goals scored. I think forty goals scored across the games in the UA for Champions League. But you got to remember on the weekend, your team Sunderland. Hey, hey, uh, hey! You've been, been nice here. Copped eight from uh, Southampton. We're talk, not talking about Barcelona. We're not talking about Man City or Chelsea. You copped eight from Southampton. Hey, Sampton are the new powerful force in uh, world <laughs> soccer. Don't you worry about that. They're sitting up the top of the top four of the EPL. They're going gangbusters, Southampton. That's like being beaten by Bayern Munich, effectively, at the moment. Yeah, but still, you're half. You know, really. I mean, they went so bad that apparently the Sunderland players have uh, they've refunded the tickets, the ticket prices for the uh, the Sunderland fans that travelled to Southampton to watch the game. So they're going to top up sixty thousand pounds for that, but uh, which is really, you know, that's a week's wages for one of those players. Uh, but they they felt so embarrassed by it, they're, they're paying the tickets, the ticket price back. So. There you go. Well, we're talking EPL teams. Man City drew two all with CSK and Moscow, who had a late penalty to equalise there. But Chelsea, uh, while we're on the scoring spree, six nil over Maribor. Yeah, uh, again, they're, they're really in ominous form at the moment. Chelsea, I refuse to look at the ladder, but I'm pretty sure they're up there, <laughs> up to the top. But uh, they're this, they're powerful, uh, and they're doing it without Diego Costa at the moment too, uh, who they're resting because of injury. So it uh, sounds like Jose has got himself another team that's going to win things this year. So. Uh, Again, long way to go. Uh, anything can happen, but there's that sort of a real dominance about Chelsea, a real arrogance about them at the moment that uh, that he had when he first got there. So it means that you know, Chelsea fans out there can expect to win something this year. Well, it's going to make some of those second legs pretty uh, null and void, I would have thought, uh, in the Champions League. But, Carlos, just getting back to my boy Sunderland, do you think we should probably perhaps temper our ambitions for Europe next year? <laughs> well, look, you've had, you've had I don't, again, I don't know where you are on the ladder because I refuse to look at the ladder, but uh, you've had some good moments this season. So, um, and the Gus Foyer, I, I, look, it's just, I think it's just one of those games. I, have, I didn't see the game, so uh, if, 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 to get beaten 8-0 in, in a game such as that in the EPL, you must have just fallen apart and just stopped. Uh, but uh, I don't think any refereeing decisions or any send-offs uh, played any part in it. It just was one of those games where nothing went right. So uh, I think Sunderland's been okay, and they'll recover as long as they uh, are competitive this week, but if they fall apart on the back of this, there'll be a lot of pressure, I think, at Sunderland. Yeah, two own goals doesn't help, Carlos, but eight's too yeah. many. We'll get to a break and come back and go through this weekend's A-League action with Carlos. Carlos with us. Quickly, the tips. Brisbane and Sydney this week, Carlos. Uh, I reckon Brisbane will get their first three points of the season. The Derby? Uh, a draw. A draw. Wellington and Newcastle in Wellington. Uh, I think Wellington, they showed enough last week against uh, Central Coast. Adelaide host Perth. The hot Adelaide, Perth. Yeah, they're in a rich vein at the moment. I think they'll be uh, winning that game. All right. And uh, also the Asian Champions League, first leg, uh, West Sydney Wanderers versus Al Halal. We'll get something, or West Sydney will get something out of that game. All right. West, and speaking of the Wanderers of Central Coast? Uh, that's on the Wednesday. And yes. uh, that will be uh, West Sydney Wanderers will win that game. Carlos, great to see you.